Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. And we're here for the Invested Podcast where we're basically learning how to invest like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. And we have a lot of different examples of, you know, the kinds of investing that these guys do. And we have been sort of sliding into something that is difficult for me to call investing, which yeah. is like the the whole cryptocurrency world. We've been at it now for three podcasts and we decided we better bring somebody in who might know something since it's our, time for some expertise. Yeah. We thought, okay. So <laughs> I've got a friend of mine who is named Steve Walsh. He is um, out of Vancouver, Canada. He's a really, really successful entrepreneur. We've had a lot of fun hanging out with Steve and his partners up in Vancouver. Um, we share uh, a certain passion for horses, except these guys are the only people I know who actually make significant money in horses, which is really, really fun. And um, Steve has climbed into the cryptocurrency world, started his own hedge fund, which is called Block Tech Capital, and um, is here to kind of talk to us and to a certain degree set the record straight about what these things are, blockchain, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency. So Steve, welcome to the Invested Podcast. How's it going? Thanks for inviting me over, Phil yeah. and Danielle. Thanks so much for being here. We need you. Yeah, so we really do. Our uh, first question is, well, wait, wait, wait. Steve, Steve basically got a hold of me and said, you know, those are pretty good podcasts uh, so far, except you got these things wrong. I was going to get to that. I wouldn't want to call you wrong, Phil. I just wanted to correct a few things. Like the first thing was in China for, you, you were saying in there about banning um, mining. It wasn't actually mining they were banning. It was just the ICOs and the... Um, the exchanges, sorry. Well, so, so what, okay. they were, what they were trying to, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm just thinking what, so mining is kind of the process of creating a cryptocurrency. Is that what mining is? Yeah, mining is almost like kind of like creating extra coins for Bitcoin, for example. When Bitcoin first started, there was only a significant amount of coins. So a miner would go in and create a coin, which in turn could return it into a currency and sell it. So China was fine with that, but once the ICO started getting in, now it started getting into the banking systems where it's almost like a government wants a piece of the pie, correct? Yeah. Yeah, they want to control. They want to make sure it's not cutting into their own currencies, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so all of a sudden billions and billions of dollars are flowing in and out of a country and they have no control over it. Creates a lot of fuss, especially in China. So... I sense that we're wandering into the deep end of the pool here. So Danielle, you want to just kind of like go through, have Steve kind of go through what some of these things are like blockchain and ICOs and Yeah, exchanges? because even the concept of mining is hard for those of us not familiar with it to totally wrap Yeah, up. and mining is a whole new ball game. I'm not, I'll try and even stay away from mining because I'm not an expertise on mining myself. Okay. So all right, first good. of all, the currency is based on this concept of blockchain, correct? Correct. And can you just tell us what blockchain is, how it works? Well, blockchain, it's, technically, it's a technology that enables the existence of a cryptocurrency. Okay. So, for example, peer-to-peer um, -peer, uh, decentralized electronic cash system. So now, 
I'm, I'm enabling instead of going through a bank and having it monitored, I can do a peer like I could send Phil $5 right now. I could send that to yourself uh, $5 right now and no one would ever know about it. It's just a peer to peer decentralization technically is what the blockchain has created. As in there's no and, like third entity tracking that transaction. It just happens and it's recorded automatically in the blockchain um, simultaneously correct. throughout it, right? Correct. Okay. And so Warren Buffett said that he thought that this wasn't, this was just a faster way to send a check. And obviously there's correct. some, there's security stuff involved here, which is maybe the whole point, but is it literally just sending a check? I mean, is that kind of a way to think about it? Yeah, it's almost like it's almost taking, cutting the middleman out. You're cutting the bank out of making a fee, which now you're doing a, the blockchain actually charges you a fee, but it's pennies on what a bank would be charging you. And yes, it, it takes out the middleman. So now the banking systems, eventually you're going to have to switch. Like in Europe already, um, cryptocurrencies are accepted almost everywhere. And so, uh, so like what Warren, what, and Warren Buffett, um, he, he says it's a mirage, it's a bubble, he has all those different things. But again, he's a genius. Like, let's start off by telling, like, I admire the guy, he's the Einstein of investing, but this is something he doesn't know about right now. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think when it comes to technology, he just, it's not his thing, he just doesn't quite get it. And we've seen that now over the last 15, 20 years of technology yeah, company. Exactly. It'd be, it'd be like me trying to talk about building a boat. I have nothing. I don't know about it. So it's something I'm just going to be like, well, it's not my cup of tea. So, so what, what just happened the last couple of days is that um, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange former chairman, uh, sort of chairman emeritus is saying that they're really strongly moving forward to create a trading floor and allow people, they're gonna do it on Bitcoin and they're gonna allow people to short Bitcoin and the institutional investors are all jacked up about it because it's a big trading thing. Um, but he, he says that, that this version of cryptocurrency is an asset class and it's not a currency, it's like gold. Like a, like a current, their argument of a currency is that there's, there's a place to go where you exchange this currency for goods and it's not, um, adjusted by any other currency. So for example, if Danielle goes down and buys a, a latte in, in Zurich, she's, she's paying in Swiss francs and they're not going to adjust the price of the latte for whatever Swiss francs are doing against dollars, you know, today, uh, or in France with a Euro or the Canadian currency, you know, uh, you, you go buy stuff with it and nobody's checking how that's stacking up against dollars. Um, whereas if you go, take gold, you're going to, it's going to be translated into some other currency. You're going to, you're going to see it adjusted by whatever the current price is and that currency for gold. So this guy's argument is that this is an asset class and it's going to trade like gold does. And it's always going to be adjusted for currencies and therefore it's not a currency. Is that right? Or is that, does anybody care if that's right or is it wrong? I, I personally don't think anyone actually cares if it's right or wrong. Once you actually have a bit, once you actually have the Bitcoin currency, it can be traded. It can be traded for almost anything right now. You could actually trade it for cash. You can trade it for gold. You can trade it for actually. There's actually housing markets out there right now. You can get it for vehicles. So but for is, the call it is, right or wrong. Sorry, I'm just jumping back in. I'm, I'm I'm just thinking. Is there any place where Bitcoin is exchanged for goods without any reference to a currency? 
like give me give me one bitcoin and that stays constant regardless of what uh, you know like bitcoin's moving up and down against dollars by you know thousands of dollars a month almost and so is there any place where somebody just goes okay this is one bitcoin and it's one bitcoin today and it'll be one bitcoin you know uh five months from now or is everything translated into a currency on bitcoin almost everything's translated into a currency with bitcoin okay gotcha gotcha so Okay, so I, I'm, well, I'm going to go is with... That, is that expected to stay that way, Steve? Do you know? Is that the plan for Bitcoin that will always relate to other worldwide currencies? It's tough to say because it actually like, it changes daily. Like with forks, there's so many different things going on with all the different mm. currencies and the direction it's going. Like it, new news almost comes out, I would say, every seven days about a, the direction they're deciding to go with this, right? Oh, interesting. So it's a totally changing environment it's fluid depending on new technologies coming out probably yeah yeah the new technologies the blockchain like it's it's almost like 20 years ago thinking like we'd have self-driving cars it's something right. you don't you don't even think of it's it's not even in your thought process at the time as well, that's the what I find daily so changes are going out yeah, yeah. Sorry, so we were just talking about the blockchain and how it worked and then we didn't quite get to how that creates or allows this currency to happen. Um, the part that I don't understand is just how it gets invented in the first place. I mean, how can anyone just create their own currency and how did Bitcoin get going? It was, it was per you know? it's pretty well the best mathematical equation ever invented. Is <laughs> <laughs> the, the best way to put it, like it's so far out there, like for us to break it down or someone to break it down is almost impossible. That's why it's, a decentralized currency. Hmm. So no one can break it. No one's ha no one can break it. No one's hacked it. I'm sure thousands and thousands of people have thrived their whole life on trying to get into this, but no one's even came close. Now, so how can that be true? How can it really be this utterly secure blockchain? I mean, it just seems to me like if you could hack part of the blockchain, you could hack technically all of the blockchain. Yeah, like as of as of now, no one's been able to hack Bitcoin. Okay. So like, I'm just trying no to get my head around. No other explanation for that. That's 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 a deep one that I don't know much about. But as of now, no one's been able to. Okay, so here's here's how I'm Bitcoin mathematical equation. Here's how I understand it. So you decide you're going to send me five five Bitcoin, <laughs> and buy a car. So you're going to send me five Bitcoin and you do so. So you hit, you punch the go button and okay. instantly that's now in my account. Now that gets replicated in some sort of unbreakable way across, I don't know how many different servers or whatever we call this against how many ledgers do you have? Is it right that, that what blockchain does is it distributes this ledger. And so now when you hit that button and it tells me, I've got the five bucks you don't have, or I have the five coins and you don't have them anymore. Then what would stop you from very quickly before this can replicate everywhere, doing it again, just quickly send another five bucks, another five coins. Yep. So what happened? No, because there is, there's a barcode. So you have a barcode and you also have an ID number. So it'd be like a eight, 16 digit code. 
So you'd have to actually type, so I'd have to go in my wallet. So I'd open my wallet, say uh, my Celium wallet, for example. One, I would have to walk up to you and either scan your barcode physically. And once that barcode is scanned and I hit the go button, it's irreversible. There's no coming back. I can't hit cancel. I screwed up. I gave you too many coins. It's completely gone. Number two is once I type in that code, it's the exact same thing. And I hit the go button, it's completely gone. Does that mean that you actually literally cannot resend it? You, in other words, it immediately takes it out of your account. So you couldn't sneak you could in. A, or, no. Okay. You, could, you couldn't do it unless you retyped the entire thing again. Well, what if you did that? And I could and I could send you two transactions. No, you'd send uh, you pay you pay your bill, you pay out this five Bitcoin, and then you immediately type everything back in again because this is uh, the assumption here that I'm making is it's replicating itself across all these ledgers and that takes time. And if oh, it is, but you but you have you have follow up backup like for my ceiling, you need my specific fingerprint for me to for me to send anything. Right, but why couldn't you just do it again? In other words, why couldn't you, if let's say you were buying a car, you buy one car and immediately buy another car um, by yeah, typing you could this do, all you back. You could do that. You could. You could do that. Whoa. Doesn't that I'm wreck not, it? I'm not following your example here. So you're saying you just run two quick transactions? What's I think, the... I'm pretty sure we just broke Bitcoin. I'm pretty sure we just destroyed Bitcoin right there. Describe. No, I, yeah, let's yeah, let's describe your example. I might be I might be hearing this wrong as well. Are we, are okay. we, we're talking about multiple transactions. Well, we're talking about fraud. So you let's say you have a total of five Bitcoin in your wallet and you transfer Correct. those to me. Correct. Okay. And then before that transfer can register across the ledger, you transfer five more the same five coins you transfer to Danielle. Oh, you're talking about the same coins. Yeah. You do oh. that. You, no, 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 no. Yeah, I understand. I, I, was, I was misreading what you were saying there. So. Okay. What, once I send those five coins, it's, it's off my phone instantly. I can't resend it again. Now, it, now, it's, up, now it's in the blockchain. And so on your even, end, it'll say, it, and on your end, it'll say receiving, even though you don't have them instantly. And then a few seconds later, you receive it. But as soon as I hit the send button, they're completely off my wallet and ledger. Okay, and now so you can't, the blockchain. you can't commit so you fraud cannot. on that end. No, and you then, cannot. And then it's replicating across this ledger. And how is the problem with this going to be it's just going to take forever to, to, to replicate itself when this is fully being used by a lot of people and there's millions of transactions going on? Isn't this going to choke the system? Technically, yes, it will. It slows down the system. That's when for an example a fork would come in place it actually it speeds the system up it almost loosens it up a bit did you oh, call man. it a fork yeah the fork so the, the fork's mainly for miners it gets to a point where bitcoin's on almost impossible to mine at one point so once mm -hmm. a fork comes into place it kind of opens up the realm for miners the transactions go through quicker and is that some kind of just digital uh, you know, they add servers or something like that to give it more power, more capacity. Yeah, and it, it's it's mainly for these miners. The miners control, I would say, eighty percent of 
the mining power, so to speak. So it used to be at the very beginning, you could be myself and you, we could have 15 house computers set up in our house. We could be mining Bitcoins. We could be getting one a day, for example. Now to mine a Bitcoin, you need a supercomputer. So now people have these Costco's sized places where they have just millions and millions of computers lined up generating. They use enough energy to power an entire city just for mining Bitcoins now. Wow. And can you give We're us like a basic explanation of what um, what mining a Bitcoin is? I just have no clue. Honestly, I'm, I wouldn't even want to touch on it because I'd probably get it wrong. But mining is technically someone using a math, using the math, mathematical equation to mine a Bitcoin. I don't know the actual backend technology side of it. Hmm. I could, so t- I could touch on it with another guy, like with another guy from my company. Go ahead. Like I could bring in an expert on the next podcast for that and we can actually get real deep into the mining sector of it. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be um, really cool. But what it sounds like is that essentially they create something of value, in this case of Bitcoin, Correct. out of pure mathematics within a computer system. Yes. And that's yeah. literally like how Bitcoins came into existence. It's just by person after person, computer after computer, creating these these coins and then they become a thing and then people trade them well the the main part of it was becoming a decent something decentralized that nobody could nobody else could control yeah yeah okay so i mean it's so so interesting the the, the peer-to-peer transaction was like almost the number one thing it's like all right how do i get something from one place from a to z without Mm -hmm. everyone everything in between knowing everything i'm doing I mean, when you think about what is what is value, right? I mean, you think about how people um, store value in gold um, or Picassos or whatever, right? I mean, there's you can store value yeah. in all kinds of things. It just has to be recognized by other people as a storehouse of value. So it's not like gold has some – well, gold has a couple of magic qualities to it, right, that sort of allow it to be a storehouse of value. It's hard to replicate. And um, there's, it's, it's relatively rare. I mean, you could use seashells yeah. on the seashore, but they're not, they're not rare. So you could just go and massively dilute your currency by just running down for a couple of weeks and storing up seashells. So gold is tough to replicate, and that's why it has been a storehouse of value, particularly in times of a lot of fear, you know, for thousands of years. Because you can't, it's hard to cheat it. You can always melt it right back down. You can find out what was the bad stuff that they, you know, they put lead in there or something to make it feel like heavier than it actually is. But you can always melt it down and get back to the basics. And I, I think that's in part what was so attractive about Bitcoin. First, it's, it's very, it's rare. I mean, it's harder and harder to get some, which makes it rare. And it, um, and it is very, very difficult to screw it up. Like you, like you know, it's like you can't dilute it, like gold. It, I don't know. I hope I'm making some sense, at least from what I've read about it. So you end up with this thing that is uh, has some of the qualities of gold, and then you add on this new part, which is that you can go peer to peer anywhere in the world in just seconds, which is very difficult to do with gold. Right? You can't do it with gold. No. Nope. So that is very attractive. Now, what's, what's the story with other kinds of cryptocurrency? I mean, if Bitcoin has kind of stolen the march on everybody else and they're out there in front by a long way, 
why is anybody doing Ethereum? Or, I mean, when we were yakking about this up in Vancouver, I, I, did you say you could actually create a coin like for me? I could have my own little coins? Yeah, like for example, as a joke, because I like to wear Tom Ford suits every now and then out here, my partners made me a Tom Ford coin. So I actually have a Tom Ford coin as a joke, which I could create an ICO and you could, the coins are actually easy to make. I can, I can create you one and send it. And again, it's just a, it's just a digital asset and it's, it only has value until the community values it or something. Right. But right, the difference right. is with the other altcoins as you're talking about, just like Bitcoin is Ethereum for an example. I can use Ethereum as a currency. I can send you $5,000 in Ethereum right now. The exact same thing, peer-to-peer -peer decentralized. So all these, all the, all the other altcoins still kind of have the same concept as the Bitcoin. But as Bit, Bitcoin does, doesn't have, it's a, it's actually literally a currency. It doesn't have any other value. Consider like Ethereum, like you were talking to your last, your last podcast is a smart contract platform. So each other, each of the other altcoins has something else like Mark Cuban's, uh, Unicoin is a esports trading coin. But again, once you have that, you can still do a peer to peer with any one of these coins and it's still decentralized. So you can take, we can meet, you could buy some of the Unicoin uh, gold coin. I could as well. And we could still do peer to peer back and forth. So Mark created this, this, okay, Unicoin as an esports trading coin. Like he's noticing that esports are just coming on. Like crazy, right? Like there's Yeah, well they're they're predicting six hundred and fifty million dollars this year, I do believe. In what? Is 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 what's traded through um right now on like doing esports gambling, like through Vegas and all that kind of stuff is already about six hundred and fifty six hundred and fifty million dollars. Wow. Sorry, okay. so what are, it's, what not, are it's not a it's esports would be like uh like gamers, these get these kids that uh, play video games. They go to Vegas at huge conventions where the prizes are, you know, ten million dollars for these guys playing a video game back and forth to see who's best at a video game. That's literally what it is. Okay, so like video game soccer, video game car racing, that kind of thing. Correct, and which is like a it's it's like a billion dollar. Like it's not a small thing anymore. Wow. And what, what he was trying to do was. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's what I want. Why didn't Mark just use Bitcoin? I mean, why create your own coin for that trading? Well, now he's, now he's an actual owner of a coin. So now he's valuing. It's almost like opening your own company. It's like why he owns his own basketball team for a specific reason, because he's making money off his basketball team. All right, got it. So he's making money off this coin that he wouldn't be making if he just said, let's just do this in Bitcoin. He wouldn't have any, there's no reason for him to actually set up a market. And by setting yeah, up a market- Yeah, he was trading Bitcoin back and, sorry, if he was trading Bitcoin, sorry to cut you off, if he was trading Bitcoin back and forth, all he's gonna be doing is creating a fee for himself, being the middleman. With him actually creating his own coin, he is the coin, he is the man. All right. And, and how does he, he, he make, can make money different in that using Unicoin that would be different than him being the middleman using Bitcoin. Well, now, now creating your own company and having your own coin, you can have, um, so to speak, it'd be like, uh, how do you confirm that, uh, say this would be 
like Vegas, for example, let's use that for an example. So if you're having tournaments, for example, everyone buys in for a specific amount. So he can have tournaments now through his Unicoin coin and 50% of it goes back to his company. 50% goes to the winner, so to speak. So it'd be like having the world series of poker, but now he's having a world series of esports, where his company is reaping a lot of the benefits. Okay, but why? Follow what I'm saying. I mean, couldn't you couldn't you do that exact same thing with dollars or with sure. bitcoins? Yeah, you yeah you possibly could, but create like Bitcoin doesn't have, like he's creating a platform. So all these different things are creating like platforms. So. For an example, if I'm going to open a company for a specific uh, event that I'm going to do, I'm going to need a platform. So everything's going to have to run off a program where mm -hmm. Bitcoin is not, it doesn't, it's not a program that it actually runs off of. So Unicoin is actually run off Ethereum. So it sounds like it's just a proprietary method of trading funds back and forth and the benefit to a given company is that once somebody is using their given method of trading funds back and forth, it's harder to switch. Essentially, it's a switching mode. Correct, but a lot of them do have like very technical platforms to them connected to the companies. Hmm. Yeah, okay, I I'm, still, that. I'm still not there. I, I don't understand why, um, what the benefit is to Mark of going to the trouble of creating this unicorn and let's, let's say he's creating these tournaments, right? I mean, he, he basically is saying, okay, I'm going to do a tournament. And I don't understand why that's different than just a dollar. Why, you know, people got to buy into, uh, you know, the poker tournaments, they do it in dollars. And if you're the guy starting the tournament, you're taking 50% of the dollars and you're paying out 50% of the dollars in to the winners, that would be the same whether you're using dollars or Bitcoin or Unicoin or anything. So I don't see the advantage of Unicoin there. Um, so take, take me deeper. I'm still, I'm still not seeing it. Well, it again, it, it all, it even goes back to creating. So when you create a company, he created, he created a pre, there was a pre-sale, there's an ICO sale. So if you want to go back that far, so creating a company now, he's, if he raises $300 million or whatever the number he raised for his company, a lot of that goes into the company for creating the company. So it'd be like, someone coming in to buy his basketball team for $300 million. He keeps the money and he keeps the company. So they're buying into the team. So he, he gives up some ownership of the basketball Correct. team, say 50%. Yeah. And he keeps the basketball team control, but somebody now owns a piece of his basketball team. So he creates all these coins, which may have zero value initially. And then yeah, because – Sorry, go ahead. Well, because Mark is creating a marketplace for these things where you can't buy in to this e-gaming uh, or e-sports, um, I guess this e-sport betting, you can't do it, at least in the network that Mark is creating, unless you do it in Unicoin. Is that yeah. right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so now he's got this, like Danielle said, he's got a switching mode. I'm, I'm all my winnings are in e, are in unicorns and Correct. there's no real point for me to take those winnings out if I'm using them to continue to invest in this, in this, in this betting. Essentially I own a piece. If I buy the unicorns from Mark, I not only get to bet them, but I also am owning a potentially um, an asset that's increasing in value potentially. Right. Correct. 
Okay, so now this is this. I'm starting to see it. Are you seeing it, Danielle? Yeah, I think. Um, and tell me if I'm wrong here, Steve. But it sounds like a unicoin or an Ethereum, which is the smart contract platform you mentioned, are not in the same category as a Bitcoin. Like we're essentially talking about apples and oranges here. They're both blockchain technologies, but Bitcoin is a pure currency with no platform attached, and these other ones are meant to be very specific for their platform and essentially function as, uh, as part of the value that you get by using that platform. Correct, and, and to get out of Unicoin would be the exact same thing. You would sell the Unicoin on an exchange and in return you get a Bitcoin. Yeah, got it. Very cool. All right, this is starting to get clearer, man. Thanks for you know dragging us through this. I'm sorry, it's so, I'm, I'm just old. I don't know. I'm just old. It's like, <laughs> holy crap. Age, 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 is, age is just a number, Phil. You still look like you're 35. <laughs> that's, that's very flattering. Thank you very much, Steve. I appreciate it. But I don't think my mind's working like a 35-year-old. You, you guys are thinking about the world in a way that's different than the generations that have gone before you. And it's like you're more conversant with this stuff. And it's just like pounding, you know, like a square peg in a round hole for me to try to figure out why you're so excited about it, but I'm starting to get it a little bit. Okay, so now we've got this Ethereum platform, which allows you to do contracts. And now the contract I want to do is that I want to bet on team A, and I'm willing to put in this amount of money if I lose, and I'm going to win this amount of money from everybody else who's entering into this contract um, if I win. So I need a platform that's going to give me some sort of contract connection. I guess, and that's why we're on Ethereum. What are you guys doing with your, well, I guess the next step is, Mark did something like an IC, called an ICO, Initial Coin Offering. Correct. And, and, and you've done one of these, I think, as well, right? Or you're thinking about it? No, yeah, we're, think, we're thinking about it. We, we have about three or four ideas that we have in, uh, in place right now. We're just trying to implement them right now to see which one will work best, but we haven't actually started one or well take we us have, yeah we haven't even tried to start one yet take us through that take us through what happens if you guys do this ico why first what you create something on ethereum or some other platform and then you yep. yeah go Techni technically you're creating your you're creating an idea you get a white you get the white paper from the white paper you create an ico which would pretty well the marketing buzz as long as you have a good idea like a lot of these ICOs right now for example um, they are selling out in I'd say 80 million dollars in less than 15 minutes Whoa. so wow and again once these are raised a lot of these a lot of these companies are doing an ICO on an, on an idea the actual platform is not created yet so what they'll do is they'll go raise 80 million dollars put it in escrow so to speak and then they'll actually start creating the platform after the fact. Where in the beginning stages, when this was all happening, people would actually have the platform ready, do the ICO, and everything would just be green light going. But right now, people are actually getting a little bit smarter and now doing these ICO, creating, generating hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars just on an idea, on a white paper, and a pretty well almost a splash page almost. So it's getting to the point where now, the normal person can't just be like, all right, I'm just going to invest in this thing because it sounds great. You actually had to read the white papers. You have to see the 
actual creators in the background and go through and actually do your research now. Apparently some guys took advantage of this in Mumbai, India, who have a rather, you know, uh, murky track record, should we say. Uh, <laughs> and they raised without any platform at all. And I thought that was what, what the authorities were trying to shut them down for is that they didn't actually have a platform and were therefore fraudulent. But, but you're just saying that you don't need a platform. You, you really are just sort of doing a white paper or a, kind of a business plan that people are willing to invest in that think would cause that coin to become more valuable down the road. And is that- Technic Yeah, technically you just need an idea. So you can, if you can come up with an idea and get enough buzz for it, you're, yeah. you can literally be an instant millionaire. Well, can you guys, you probably don't want to, I don't know, do you want to talk about the idea you guys are thinking about so that we can do it before you do? No, I, I, I can't talk about that until probably about another 25 days. But 40 minutes, dad has figured out how to hack the Bitcoin network and has tried to tell him a genius idea. But, <laughs> but I'll make you this promise. As soon as we do it, I'll be, you guys will be the first ones to know. We'll do a podcast about it. Oh, I love it. Done. Oh so there's a company called Gnosis that just did one, not like somewhere in, you know, half, half a year ago, they raised 12 and a half yeah. million dollars pretty quickly. And their idea was to do some sort of, um, almost look at like sort of crowd wisdom predictability, like vote for yeah, what like the weather is going to be like tomorrow, you know, or something. Yeah. So, decentralized prediction market almost. Yeah. Decentralized prediction market. And yeah, I honestly, it's like, I guess what you, Explain what kind of the critical criteria for an ICO that would potentially make this make this coin really valuable. And maybe take Mark Cuban's ICO as an example. So he's doing this, uh, whatever he calls it. I don't know. Unicorn. Unicorn. Unicorn gold. Yeah. So well, even his, even his, it's it's technically it's. You're going, you're going on up an idea and hope, hopefully it catches. Like his, his ICO came out, I don't quote me exactly 100%, but I think it came out close to 50 cents. And right now it's trading around the 24 cent mark, I do believe. Oh, really? Yeah. So it went down. So it has gone down, but a lot of the altcoins as of now have gone down just because there's so much buzz going on with a bunch of different things going on with the Bitcoin and the uncertainty of certain things. So it's a very volatile market, like as you can see, like it's up and down. It's it's all about being on the news and the right news. Because obviously there's going to be constant people out there that are putting fake news out there. Sorry to quote Donald Trump, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's one of those things you're, you're, create, you're creating something for a buzz for your own benefit. Mm -hmm. So it's actually getting down into the white paper and seeing who the actual creators of these platforms are, because a majority of them are just garbage well because there's, I, there's I, thousands and thousands out there right now right i want to do one i mean i want to do one and make millions of dollars just right out of the clear, clear blue sky and i'm thinking so will every single person listening to this so what's what's keeping but us from doing it anyone can do it but the thing is people now are actually catching on and being a lot more smarter where the general public before would be like, all right, I'm in because you could throw a dartboard at you could throw a dart at the dartboard and you're gonna be making money. Now it's actually starting to get where it's like if you're not understanding the white paper and you're not knowing it, you're gonna get burnt. Hmm. 
So that's what that's what's stopping you and I doing it now because by the time we do it and we actually get it implemented, it's going to be completely. People are going to tear us apart. They're going to just going to eat us up on social media. We're going to go nowhere. Credibility is going to be out the window. Oh, so, so that's why to the point where you would. Yeah. So now you and I or anyone, Danielle, all of us, if we're going to create something and we do it, it's going to have to be a great idea for one. You're going to have to have a real platform and you're going to have to have real people behind it. It's going to have to be a real company. Exactly. The days of making the hundreds of million dollars are going to be completely out the window. Sure. We can create one and we can make a million bucks, but are you willing to completely ruin your name for the rest of your life for a million bucks? Probably not. No. And I'm and there, thinking, don't get me wrong. There's people that are still going to do it, but everyone's starting to catch on them. Okay. So these gnosis guys decided to do something around predictability and, yeah. and to create a coin that is used in these, essentially these are bets. These are, I mean, my brother, Steve created a company that was brokering power trades all over the country. And at one point they started to broker weather trades so people could make money essentially trading on what the weather might be um, betting that Des Moines is going to have a bad winter and then that's going to have a big impact across you know the whole city and I don't even begin to understand that's what he was thinking now, trading weather but now it's common yeah yeah so some other they've, they've created a market about that and of course they're doing it all in dollars but there's a reason why you would do it in cryptocurrency. And that's the part that eludes me a little bit. I'm still kind of pushing back at that. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with Gnosis on that, that specific coin. For them, I just know generically that they did, on well, their first raise, they uh, raised Ethereum. They raised, I think, two, $250,000. This is back in the day. At one point, it was up to 330 bucks, And now I think it's gone down... Down, well, let me check here. I think 60 bucks I could see here online. But I'm not too familiar. I just know they've made predictions on earlier uh, earlier coins like Gollum, Singular, stuff like that. Like Gollum for myself, I got into that one way back in the days when it was almost a fraction of a penny. And now it's trading around the 20 cent mark. But even that was at a high of 40 cents. Wow. I really want to ask you particular how you one, got I don't into know. this stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's there's oh. got to be a story there, but we're gonna have to hold it for next time. Yeah, um, that the story will blow your mind on how I got into this. <laughs> oh man! All right, we gotta come right back to you right away, Steve, because this is really cool, and uh, and we really enjoy having you on here. I, I I'll tell you, I think this absolutely. Is, I appreciate you guys having me. It's gonna raise a lot of questions. I know we're gonna get bombed for a lot of questions, so we're gonna have to have another one. And, which is perfect. Uh, so everybody send in your questions to questions at investedpodcast.com. And if we're lucky, we can grab Steve coming up here soon. And uh, obviously he's going to announce the launch of his very secret thing that dad tried to find out about. And Steve, let's leave everyone with a little bit of the buzz that the Bitcoin fork just got postponed or canceled, completely canceled, and altcoins are going through the roof as we speak. What coins are? Altcoins? Altcoin, altcoins meaning alternative coins other than Bitcoin. Oh, which we didn't even get to talk about. There are so many things to ask you. All right, so they're going oh, through yeah. the roof. Yeah, so the, the, fork, the fork that everyone was actually anticipating for November 16th has just been canceled. 
and that is big news in the in the cryptocurrency community huge huge news just watch watch the next 72 hours what happens <laughs> cool well by the time we post this it'll be past that happening um because we're recording this a few days before we're going to post it and uh okay. it'll be cool for everybody to check it out and see what happened yep and then, Steve, you got to you got to come back and 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 do some more of this. This is really really fun. I appreciate it so much, yeah. man. Absolutely, I'd love to come back. This is great. All right, look Thank forward to seeing so you in much. Vancouver and Calgary and all this. Are, are we going snowboarding in Calgary? We are. We're doing hella skiing in Calgary, and I got the nice. dog sleigh races set up for us. <laughs> nice, man. That's great. Look forward to seeing you, man. Thanks for being on. All right, guys. Thanks. All, all right. right, thanks, Daniel. All the best. Hey, thanks for listening to Invested. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head over to investedpodcast.com for our show notes and a special offer on how the podcast listeners can attend my three-day transformational investing workshop for free, where we just teach the heck out of you for three straight days. We don't sell anything, and we get you a scholarship to come to it for free. So come on over there and take a look at that. And by the way, as our lawyers want me to say, everything discussed on this podcast is either my opinion or Danielle's opinion, and my opinion's right, and is not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your investment advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So this podcast is just for your entertainment and education only, and I hope you enjoyed it. So until next time, time to go play.